This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 385. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 385. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Mamas, before we get started, I have a very special invitation for you today. I am offering something I've never offered before. I am creating a free virtual workshop for you. So listen up, you're going to want this. I want you to join my free virtual workshop where you're going to discover five simple mindset resets that will help you create less self-doubt, less negative self-talk, and more courage, confidence, connection, and clarity in your life every damn day. I designed this virtual workshop specifically for moms who desire more courage and confidence, who want more powerful and purposeful action in their daily lives, who cannot wait to retrain negative thought patterns into positive thought patterns, who want to be stronger and more intentional leaders, and mamas who are craving connection with other badass women. So if that is you, join me on Saturday, November 16th from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific. That's 11 to 12.30 p.m. Eastern. 
and we are going to have a ton of fun. So this is going to be a workshop like you've never been to before. We're going to all meet together on Zoom conferencing, and we are going to have a little party, and you are invited. So this is a free virtual workshop where you will get to learn to shine like a mother. So I want you to join me for my five mindset resets that you need to shine like a mother by going to shamelessmom.com slash shine to sign up for free. That's shamelessmom.com slash shine. And I will see you on November 16th. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I am recording this officially in winter in Seattle. I know some of you have already had snow. So I'm actually recording this on October 30th. So it's still officially October, but I know some of you already have snow. Like we are in full on winter, just skipping right past fall. And here in Seattle, it is very cold, but not snowy. It's sunny and gorgeous, but very, very cold. So I'm sitting here in my puffy vest and I just put lotion on my hands for like the 27th time this morning because that's what I do this time of year, just all the lotion every damn day. So I asked on Facebook a few days ago for some input for content that you all would like to hear for the rest of the year. I'm getting ready to record everything for the rest of the year. And so in our private Facebook group over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook, I asked in the private Facebook group, hey, what do you all want to hear about for the rest of the year? You know, put your comments below, let me know. And then if you see topics that really resonate, click like on those topics so that I can really know like what do most of you want to hear? What are the most popular, most like dire need topics that people are wanting support around, advice around, content around? And it was fascinating to go in and look at all this. So first of all, thank you. Anyone who contributed an idea, a thought, a comment, that helps me so much because here's the deal. I'm here to help you, but you got to help me help you. And so whenever you give input and feedback in these situations, it really helps me curate and create really amazing, powerful content. That's exactly what you want, right? I'm not here to do this for me. I'm not creating content for me. I'm doing this for all of you. So I love it when you provide feedback and let me know exactly what you want to know and what you want to hear. It just makes my job really easy. And it also gets you what you want. This is like part of being assertive, right? To step in and say, hey, I need more of this, like raising my hand from across the internet. So I totally appreciate anyone who chimed in on that conversation. So here's the next thing that was shocking to me is I think there was like 82 comments or something on the post. And the most popular by far comment or request for information was around seasonal depression, which I thought was really, really interesting. This is not something I've ever talked to before. I've probably alluded to it here and there over the years, but I've definitely never done a dedicated episode about it. And at first I was like, well, I can't talk about that because I'm not a medical professional. And I feel like there's some ethics around providing medical advice and I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to provide medical advice. And also I didn't want to ignore that that was the biggest request, the most popular request, the thing that got the most likes and shout out to our shameless mom who put that comment up. It was actually the very first comment that went up and it was the most liked comment as well. So I totally appreciate one mama stepping forward saying, Hey, I really struggle with this. It's a pretty vulnerable comment. And then so many other people raising their hands by liking that comment. I just want to acknowledge that I feel so proud of the safe place that you all have helped me curate that we can be in a Facebook group and all say collectively, Hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. And like my mental health is struggling. Seasonal depression is like got me down. I think that's just speaks to the integrity of our community and the level of vulnerability that we're willing to have with each other as shameless moms. So that really, really means a lot to me. And I know that that is deeply impactful to all of you as well. So I wanted to for sure address that. 
So all that said, I'm not a medical professional, but I'm not going to ignore that you all want this information, need this information and can find benefit from it. So first things first, this is not medical advice. Nothing that I'm saying in here is medical advice because I'm not a doctor. If your winter blues, if your seasonal depression or anxiety, if it seems unshakable, if it seems like something a little deeper, a little darker than it should be, you need to talk to a doctor. And there is no harm in talking to a doctor. There's no shame in talking to a doctor. A good doctor will talk you through options. A good doctor is not going to say, oh my gosh, you need to start medication today. A good doctor is going to talk you through some options, talk you through the pros and cons. If you're nervous about a doctor just like pushing you right into medications, you can always talk to a naturopathic doctor and they will often give you multiple options and they spend a lot of time giving pros and cons. And part of that would also be medical treatment, medication treatment where they could outsource you refer you out to a psychologist or psychiatrist that can help you with that. And so sometimes they are able to spend a little more time in that naturopathic setting. Sometimes they're able to spend a little more time and go a little deeper into lab work and really look at what's causing what. So I'm a huge fan of going to a naturopath. So I am real into in the Seattle area, anyone who's gone to Bastyr University, I'm a huge fan of the way that that school teaches practitioners and the practitioners that come out of that school are amazing. And it is not super woo woo. I'm not a super woo woo person. So I'm a little bit woo woo, but not super woo woo. So I totally appreciate the doctors that come out of Bastyr, the naturopaths that come out of Bastyr who have a really great grasp on like, here's where medication is very appropriate. And then here's some other ideas as well, in case you don't want to go that route. So That said, medication also might be the thing that saves you. And there is no shame around medication for your mental health at all. And I have to say this year, more than any other year, I've had friends go on antidepressants and they've been game changers for them. Absolute game changers. And people who kept thinking like, I know what to do. I know how to make myself better. I don't need medication. I know all the self-help stuff. I'm just going to keep using my own tools. And then they found their own tools were not helping them shake the blues. We're not helping them get out of their funk. And finally, they went to medication and really found that medication was a game changer. So I think there's space for all of it. I think there's space for, you know, really great self-care as a discipline, which we're going to talk about today. And I also think there's absolutely space for medication and no shame around any of it at all. So there's nothing wrong with medicating your brain when your brain is out of chemical balance. So let's be super clear on that. So that's kind of my disclaimer around all this before we dive in. So if you know that you're prone to seasonal blues, depressive symptoms in the winter, full-blown, maybe you've been diagnosed already with full-blown seasonal affective disorder, or maybe you're curious and you're like, hmm, I'm thinking this is something that impacts me every year. I don't know if it's like a diagnosable thing or not. I want you to think about how this information lands for you. And then I want you to get really curious and do some data collection. Try some of the things that I recommend and see how they land for you. And if you're like, oh, this makes a difference, then note that. It's really important that we're constantly doing data collection on ourselves. And here's the thing about data collection. Data collection is neutral. So this is not about like, well, I tried that thing and it didn't work and I'm a bad person. It's not about judgment. And so I've been using this concept of data collection from back when I owned a gym and I would have people try things with food or exercise. And because women tend to be very critical of themselves when it comes to food and exercise, we started using this model around data collection where I was like, okay, so when you eat sugar, just collect the data. How does it make you feel? Rather than like, I can't believe I'm an awful person because I ate the pizza and I ate the cupcakes. No, 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 no. Just like you ate the pizza and the cupcakes and how did you feel afterwards? Totally neutral, right? So that's what I want you to do with this information as well. I'm going to give you some recommendations of things you can try and then you just collect the data and you say, oh, hmm, I tried these things and they worked. So awesome. I'm going to keep doing them or they didn't work at all. And that's powerful information too. So if you go through these things and you're like, yeah, I'm doing all that stuff and I'm still feeling down in the dumps, 
then for sure you need to talk to a doctor. So data collection is really, really powerful for being able to stay neutral around a situation and use the information to give yourself more power in a situation. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So I want to first talk about identification of what is triggering for you at this time of year? What triggers you going into a new season, specifically into winter? And what can potentially make things worse? What are your stressors that are unique to this season? So I'm going to talk through some ideas and see you just like, if you relate to these, just like keep a mental checklist in your head. So I want you to think about identifying situations, routines, and habits that make you feel 
worse this time of year or that just like kind of give you this like angsty edge to your mental health or your mood. So being indoors constantly, how does that make you feel? Skipping workouts. So this is the time of year when people are like, oh, I set my alarm to go running, but yeah, it was dark and raining, so I didn't go. Increased alcohol consumption. How does that make you feel? Increased coffee consumption. How does that make you feel? Okay, so let me just talk about increased coffee consumption because I'm a victim of this as well. Victim, I don't know if victim is the right word since I put it on myself, but this time of year, when you're really cold, you just want all the coffee, right? Like you just want to hold the coffee. You want to sip the coffee. Like it's so delicious. And also you have to know how does that impact you? So if coffee increases your anxiety and makes your sleep poor, then data collection, right? What does that do for your mood moving forward? Same thing with alcohol. If this time of year you're like, well, I mean, it's dark at four, so I probably should be drinking wine from four to 10 PM every night. How does that make you feel? Because we know that increased alcohol consumption, alcohol is a depressant. So if you tend to drink more in the darker months, then get the data on that. How does that make you feel? How does that impact you? How does increased sugar consumption? So we're just coming out of Halloween. We're going into Thanksgiving, Christmas. When you increase sugar consumption over the course of a couple months, how does that impact you? Also, less socializing and more isolation. So when we're in winter months, often we're not like, you know, heading to the park with the kids and bumping into other moms and having little chit chat. We're like, just <laughs> bored up in our houses and school drop off. I even know like for Vinny for school drop off, it might sound silly, but I love walking him onto the playground and like having a few minutes of chit chat with other moms. That's really fun for me because I'm an extrovert and I'm a nerd. So I'm like, let me talk to all the moms. And this time of year, if it's really bad weather, I'm like, I'm driving him and dropping him on the curb. Like that kid can get out and he can run in the building by himself. But I miss that little bit of social interaction. And sometimes that little bit of social interaction is actually a really positive way to kick off my day. And so if I miss that, then how am I starting my day instead? Again, data collection around that, right? So when we have less social interaction and more isolation, just because of the nature of the circumstances around winter, then is that a trigger for us? Other stressors might be more confined time with kids. So if you are home with little ones and you have way more isolated time, just you and the kids, because you're not getting out at the parks and you're not doing the weekend adventures or the outdoor adventures or heading to the pool, going to the beach, going to the lake, if you're having more confined time with kids and less interactions with adults or less kind of quote unquote fun adventure time with your kids, that's probably a stressor for you. That's probably a trigger. Like a few of you probably love to get on the floor and do puzzles for hours on end. But for the most part, I'm going to venture to say that like no moms are like, yes, we're just going to sit on the floor and play for eight hours straight today. <laughs> that's so hard. So know that that's a stressor, right? That is a stressor. And so when you're having more impact around isolated time with your kids, that could be a huge trigger for you. Another stressor around this season might be family stressors related to holiday time. So this actually came up in the Facebook post in the comments as well. People wanted me to do a whole episode around shared family time over the holidays and like boundaries around shared family time. And when you have multiple, you have your parents. And then if there's divorce, sometimes, you know, one of the comments was like, my parents are divorced. My husband's parents are divorced. So that's four sets of grandparents that we're trying to please over the holidays. There's no room to please ourselves because we're just hustling, trying to please everyone else. So there's family stressors that start to come around this time of year where you're really trying to like navigate all these relationships, all these boundaries. And there's often really tricky dynamics in there that often can make you just feel like, I'm defeated before I even get started. 
And then another stressor would be the darkness, obviously, the dark, shorter days and really just feeling like you don't have that exposure to light, to sun, those kinds of things. So I want to talk through now how we can work against the stressors, or I should say that in a more positive way, right? How we could work in accordance or in alignment with the stressors. So we know that these are the stressors. We know that we have these things that are triggering some of the things that happen over the holidays. Now, on top of that, you might also have a shift in your brain chemistry this time of year, which would be like full blown seasonal affective disorder, right? Where like, there's literally like very a clinical depression element that is also at play. And so that's on top of all of the other things that I just mentioned. So looking at like, what are some of the external stressors? What are some of the external factors? And then also looking at like, what does my brain just do that I have no control over, no matter how much I like try to put on my best attitude, no matter how much I try to monitor my coffee, my sugar, my alcohol, get good sleep, keep up on my workouts. Like my brain just is not firing the same way this time of year as other times of year. So we're going to go ahead and talk through now what you can do if you know these stressors are at play and they impact you and or if you know that your brain just functions differently this time of year. So part of this is I do want to recognize and really give a little bit of weight to the fact that historically, and from an evolutionary standpoint, in the wintertime, people rested, people saved their energy, they like stored their calories, <laughs> they took long naps for months at a time. Like from an evolutionary standpoint, our bodies are meant to be restorative at this time of year and be in these like more restful, relaxed, kind of hibernating phases. And so if you're feeling that, like I love that feeling give me my puffy coat, my Ugg boots, my big, huge cup of coffee, and put me on the couch with a blanket. <laughs> so if you're feeling that craving, don't try to fight it. Go ahead and lean into that a little bit. Like I'm a huge fan of go ahead and lean into the things that make you feel good. So I'm going to put on my Ugg boots and I might not take them off for six months. I'm going to put on the puffy vest. I'm wearing a puffy vest right this minute. I'm going to put on the puffy vest. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of that puffy vest. I'm going to get puffy vests in like four different colors actually and wear a different one every day. So what are the things that you can just lean into and really enjoy? I think it's really important. And we're going to talk about joy hits in a minute, but really leaning into like, these are the things that bring me joy. And instead of being annoyed with them or trying to fight against them, for example, instead of like turning up the heat in my house because I'm cold all the time, I'm going to get as cozy as possible. Like I will turn up the heat, but I'm also going to put a lap blanket on myself. I'm going to put on my Uggs. I'm going to put on my coziest clothes. I'm going to get myself a cup of coffee. I'm going to turn on my ring lamp, which lights up my office and gives more heat in my office. Like all these little things matter. All these little things create warmth for me at a time when I typically feel really cold and that feels good to me. So that's an integration of self-care that's working in alignment with what's going on. I'm going to work with the coldness. I'm going to work into the winter and here's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to go ahead and get super cozy. I'm going to get real cozy with winter. Now, I know some of you are like, it's not as easy as getting cozy. So let's talk a little bit more about some other ways that we can be really intentional around managing mental health this time of year. Because I totally agree. It's not just about the Uggs. I want you to integrate self-care as a discipline. This is actually the entire theme of our membership community for the month of November. So those of you in Momentum Mamas, you get a whole month on this topic and it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about it. But integrating self-care as a discipline 
So this is not integrating self-care as an indulgence. This is not about bubble baths and pedicures. If you want those things, fine. But I want you to really think about integrating self-care as a discipline. And what that means is you are going to take care of yourself in a way that promotes optimal health. And you might have to be extra conscientious about this if you know that you are prone to depressive symptoms this time of year. So for you, that might mean being really disciplined about what time you go to bed so that you can get a good solid seven, eight hours of sleep a night. It might mean being really disciplined about your sugar, alcohol, and coffee consumption because you know that if those get out of whack, it really impacts you in a negative way. So this is not self-care as a discipline where I'm like, go have all the wine and just like have fun. No, I'm going to say actually the opposite. If you know that wine and alcohol has a negative impact on the way that you sleep, on your mood, your patience with your kids. I know for me, like if I have more than a glass of wine, I'm super cranky when I'm putting Vinny to bed because I'm just like, dude, now I'm tired and I want you to go to bed and stop talking to me and we're going to read the shortest book possible. So I know for my own self-care as a discipline, I very rarely have more than one glass of wine, especially if I'm having to put my child to bed because it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't make me feel better. It actually makes me feel worse. It makes me a worse mom. It makes me not sleep as well. Like there's all these things. And so as a discipline, because of the way that it impacts me, I will have a glass of wine and then be like, that's good. I'm done. And really being conscientious about that. Same thing with coffee. I have like 1.5 cups of coffee. And you might think my life is so boring. So I'm like, I have one glass of wine and one cup of coffee. <laughs> I promise you it's not boring. So again, though, my mental health and my self-care as a discipline matters so much to me because I want to be functioning at an optimal level. So I know that I can't have coffee after noon. I can have one to two cups in the morning. So this time of year, it's a little closer to two. It's often one and a half. I often like pour the second cup and then don't finish it or keep reheating it until it just gets really gross. And then after, you know, by noon, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to reheat this again. So looking at self-care as a discipline around consumption of things that might be triggering for you, looking at sleep, and then looking at exercise, movement, and journaling. So these are processing events. So where are you processing? Where are you creating space to process? Because if you are prone to depressive symptoms or anxiety or anything like that this time of year, you need a place to be processing. And the most powerful places to do that are either through talking so with a professional, with a group of friends, through journaling, where you can just write out anything you want, no one ever has to see it, or through movement. Movement is a huge, huge way to process emotion. It is my primary purpose in movement as since I've had a child, my primary purpose in movement and exercise is to process emotions. It used to be all about like, how many miles can I run and how fast can I go and how many calories can I burn? I don't care about any of that now. I just want to process emotion. Like a mama wants to be sane and mama wants to be happy. And so movement, even if it's very low impact movement, movement processes emotion. So really looking at integrating self-care as a discipline in those ways are going to be really, really helpful. Also, having schedules around all of this. So what kind of a morning routine do you have? If you don't have a morning routine, use my morning routine. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash 15 mm, 
you can get my 15-minute manifest. And it's a 15-minute morning routine that will change your life. It will change the course of your day, which will change the course of your weeks, which will change how much you can do, how much you create for yourself, and how much you get out of your life on a daily, weekly, and then annual basis. It's a game changer. So when you look at integrating self-care as a discipline, it's really about how are you being disciplined with your time and your commitments to yourself to engage in behaviors that really set you up for optimal mental health. Another piece of this is meditation. And so meditation can really help with keeping your brain functioning on a more, I don't know what the right word is, because I'm not a meditation expert. I was going to say like on a more transcendental level. I don't know if that's the right word though. So don't quote me on that. But it's going to help your brain function on a different level. And it's going to also help you tap into your, I believe it's your, I'm like so showing off how not medical I am and not scientific I am. I do believe in science strongly just for the record, but I believe it's meditation taps into your parasympathetic system. And so, and that is what helps you be able to calm and relax on cue. Another piece of this is meditation. So meditation actually allows you to kind of stifle your sympathetic nervous system and tap into your parasympathetic nervous system. So your sympathetic nervous system is responsible for your body's fight or flight mechanism. And so when we're in fight or flight, we're at like super high levels of stress, super high levels of reactivity. And our parasympathetic system is more what is happening during rest and recuperation. So meditation could help you tap into that parasympathetic nervous system and chill out that fight or flight response. And that's going to be really helpful as well. That's going to really impact your mental health. And here's the thing about meditation is that if you meditate regularly, and it doesn't have to be for long periods of time, and it doesn't have to be daily, but it just regularly you know, a few times a week for a handful of minutes, whether that's five minutes or 30 minutes per session, it's still impactful. You will be able to, in high stress situations, take yourself down more quickly. And so what will happen is that you will train your brain to be able to respond on demand in a different way. And that's going to be really powerful so that when you get into those places where you're like, I'm feeling real reactive, real stressed out, like, you know, life is real hard right now. And you're going into that fight or flight response, that meditative place that you've trained yourself to go to through practicing meditation will be able to be recalled more easily. And you'll be able to be like, hold on, I'm going to take a few deep breaths. I'm going to step back. It's going to be okay. And you'll be able to learn how to, it's almost like a self-soothing technique to be able to call on that. And I know when I used to do a ton of hot yoga, this was hugely impactful to me. Like it allowed me, I used to have a ton of road rage. When I got really into hot yoga, I was blown away by how I no longer had road rage anymore because I was able to tap into that parasympathetic nerve response on demand, which was hugely impactful. Okay, next. So we talked about movement. I want to go into movement a little bit more as a coping mechanism. So there's a couple different kinds of movement. I want to talk about three areas of movement. So we talked about movement as a self-care discipline. Here's what this can look like in terms of like playing it out. Movement can happen in three different ways. So there's three different ways I think it can be beneficial in the context in which we're talking. Restorative movement, which is like leisure walking, stretching, yoga, tai chi. So restorative movement is like light, low pressure, like you're just going to chill out. So 
I love leisure walking. I know it's not always like ideal in the middle of winter, but if there's a place where you can do leisure walking, even I know there's people who do mall walking. There might be, you know, if there's long hallways at your work, put on some headphones and just walk it out because what leisure walking, stretching yoga, that all helps you process emotion and it gives you space to think. And so what happens when you create that space to think is you start to process things and the things that you might've been panicking about or feeling super bummed out about or whatever, you start to process them and recognize, oh wait, here's a workaround for that. Here's a way I can get through it. Here's how I can feel better in the situation. And you start to solve problems through movement, through restorative movement. So it definitely impacts your brain function. Then there's also moderate and higher intensity workouts. So moderate and higher intensity workouts on top of making you feel like a badass also give you an endorphin rush. And so you have a high after that. So I will tell you when I'm in a bad mood, if I go do a hard workout, I immediately shift into like, life is amazing within 30 minutes of that workout. And I know because data collection, right? I know that that is for me, my best medicine when I'm in a really bad mood, when I'm in a big funk, like mama's got to sweat and I will feel so much better. And it doesn't matter. It can be for 10 minutes. It can be for 30 minutes. It can be for 60 minutes. Again, the length of time does not matter. And so I've done this in lots of different ways. I've tested this a million different times over the year, over the years. But anytime I'm really struggling, I get that harder, moderate to hard workout on. And I often start out because sometimes when you're in a really bad funk, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to do a super hard workout. You're like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. So I always go into it thinking like, I'm just going to try and see what happens. I'm going to like go medium today. And then as I get warmed up and get into it, then I'm like, oh, I can go a little harder and I can go a little harder. And then by the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am on fire and this is amazing. And then I get that endorphin rush at the end that really, really completely shifts my mental state. So moderate and higher intensity workouts are great for that. And then the last component of movement would be dancing. So dancing, and especially with music, because most people dance to music, would be, it's a big shift in energy. So movement shifts your energy. When we are not moving, our energy is super, can be stuck and stagnant and stale. So movement will shift your energy. So put on a song, dance it out. Like if you're like, oh my God, I don't dance in front of people because I'm one of those people, like turn off all the lights and dance in the dark. No one needs to see you. And do this with your kids, by the way, like a dark dance party, they would think is amazing (laughs) or get out like flashlights. You can make this fun. Feel free to make all this fun, right? So dancing for a few minutes, again, is going to be really helpful. So movement is going to be key. For me, movement is my biggest antidote for depressive symptoms or anxiety, for sure. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh. We challenge each other's assumptions. And we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. 
and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Next would be to book social events. So this time of year is when we want to like just hole up and do nothing. Push yourself to get things on the calendar. And if you know that when you're in a funk, you are not likely to book something, book things in advance, like on a set schedule to be like, hey, girlfriend, like to one of your girlfriends, let's get together, you know, the first Wednesday of the month for the next couple of months for, you know, through this winter. Let's just test it. I need some girl time on the calendar. Let's just get together the first Wednesday of the month for the next three months. That will keep me accountable to some social time that I really, really need with girlfriends or tell your partner like, Hey, let's do a date night every week or maybe a play date, like getting together with another mom for a play date. Let's do a play date every Saturday afternoon, you know, from three to four so that you have something on the calendar and you're not having to pull yourself out of the gutter to book something. Because when you're in a real low place, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to schedule something fun. No, no, you have to do it in advance. So get these things booked in advance. Like right now, look at the calendar and like, what can you book out for the next three months that you can have on the calendar? Also, look at getaways for family fun. So if you're one of those people who's like, I'm trapped in the house with these kids for the next X amount of months and mom is going to go crazy, then I want you to look at where can you be booking some getaways, even if it's little day trips to get out and do stuff. And again, getting it scheduled to be like, okay, next Saturday, we're going to the aquarium. And then the next Wednesday, we're going to do this. And and maybe, and if you're working, maybe you're doing it on an, an evening, or maybe you're taking a half day at work and pulling your kid out of school for a half day. Having these little bits of scheduled fun make a huge difference when you have something to look forward to. It is paramount that you have things to look forward to when you know you're coming into a season that feels long and hard. And so don't say like, oh, but we're going to do spring break. Like, no, something that's happening in six months, that's not enough. (laughs) So you need to have something booked now that you can be excited about. So whether it's a day trip, whether it's going to the movies and eating all the popcorn you want, like whatever the thing is that brings you joy that you're going to have fun anticipating that's the thing. That's the thing that you book and you book it now and you get it on the calendar. I know that there's here in Seattle, I saw a string a couple of years ago of these moms were talking about all the places in this hotels in the city that had indoor pools. And they were like, we're just going to do a staycation in the city this winter. And we're going to go stay at this. Like, I think one of them was like the Marriott by the SeaTac airport. And apparently they have some really awesome pool. So they were like, we're just going to go do like a night at the Marriott and have the kids play in the pool. And that was super. And then order room service. And so that was a super fun way to not like do a whole vacation and buy plane tickets, but to just go do one thing that's fun that was, I mean, there's a cost associated with that, but it was not like massively expensive and go do one thing that's fun that allowed that opportunity to get away and have some family fun time. So booking family adventures when they aren't happening naturally, like they do in summer in terms of like just getting up and being able to spontaneously like go to the beach for the day to really book some of that stuff in advance can be really helpful and having those things to look forward to. And then light therapy. So there's a lot of science around light therapy and I, strongly recommend that you talk to a doctor if you're going to do light therapy, because I don't know enough about it to to really talk much about it. But I know that it's something that can be very helpful. And I mentioned even me, I have a ring light in my office for when I do Facebook lives. And that helps me tremendously just to have that brightness in my office. And again, because it offers heat, so it's bright and it's warm and I love it. So this is not like my ring light is not a light therapy light per se, but I can tell the positive impact on it. So based on that, I'm a big proponent of light therapy or testing light therapy if you're someone that struggles with the darkness and specifically with the darkness this time of year. Next up would be art therapy. This is such a great time of year to get crafty 
and like hunker down and do some projects. And I will tell you, art therapy is so, so therapeutic. It just allows you to tap into a different part of your brain. It allows you to slow down and it can be very, very restorative. So there's science behind this, but I can just tell you from my own personal experience, I do not get crafty very often, but every time I do, oh my gosh, it feels so good. And you don't have to be artistic, like make a collage with your kids, you know, put together a photo album, let your kids guide you, like do some finger painting, like get goofy about it, but it can still be really, really fun. And then next joy hit. So I talked about this a little bit earlier. Look at what brings you joy and how can you be integrating little bits of joy? I talked about this a lot in the first year of the podcast, creating joy. And I had like this whole thing around creating joy and creating joy in 10 minutes a day, I think was the way I talked about it. But what can you do implement quickly that you know will elicit a joy response that just brings you immediate joy? So some of the things I do, I've already talked about putting on my Uggs, turning on music, lighting a scented candle. I started this a couple of years ago. Lighting a scented candle was like a game changer for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like having a scented candle in my office, it was like kind of mind blowing how much I enjoyed it. I actually just got this at Trader Joe's. It's like a little oil diffuser thing that was like four bucks or something, but it's like scented. It's Fuji apple scented. Oh my God, it smells so good. So I put it in my office and I'm like, my office smells like an apple tree now and it smells delicious. I love it. Cozy blankets, weighted blankets. So we just got Vinny a weighted blanket. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. I love it. I'm kind of jealous. I might have to get my own. I have a heated mattress pad. I can't tell you, like I've talked about this every winter on the show. My heated mattress pad brings me more joy than anything else in the winter. Every single night when I turn it on and get in bed, I'm like, I literally like say a prayer of thanks <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not someone who prays. So I love, love, love my heated mattress pad. So what is like that one little thing that can bring you joy really quickly? Cozy sweaters, your favorite super soft sweater. I got a sweater shirt thing at Target last year. Like I wouldn't wear it in public because it's not cute, but it's the softest thing ever. Putting that on just immediately makes me feel really happy. (laughs) So I put it on like every night when Vinny puts on his pajamas, I put on my kind of ugly, weird sweater shirt thing. It's like kind of like a fleece, but it's a shirt. I don't know. Like I said, it's not cute, but (laughs) I get so much joy when I put that on. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get cozy, put on my PJs. I love it. Video chats with friends. I'm a huge fan of the Marco Polo app. So getting a video chat going with friends, again, this is connection. Social connection when you feel isolated is awesome. It's amazing. It gives you life. So could you get on video chats with friends? Get on the Marco Polo app with your best girlfriend who doesn't live near you. Oh my gosh, you will thank me forever. Text threads, again, group text with friends where you can just be goofy and silly and stay connected. So staying connected is going to be one of those joy hits that will really help you, especially if you are someone who feels isolated in these winter months. And then lastly, I want to talk again about talking to a doctor or a therapist. If you feel like you're struggling, if you're like, oh yeah, I've tried these things, they don't work for me, or I don't even have the energy to try these things. I definitely want you to talk to your doctor. And if you feel like you can't talk to your doctor, tell your partner, be like, dude, I can't even like call the doctor. I am so not into this season. Mama needs help. And have your partner contact your doctor. Have your partner help you set something up. Like tell your partner like, hey, can you help me like research this for me? Find someone for me to talk to. This is what partners do, right? If your partner needed this, you would do this for them. So it's okay to ask them to do it for you. So if you're really struggling, let someone know and ask someone to help you with it. I've done this. I reached out in a Facebook group of 7,000 parents in the Seattle area and asked for recommendations for a therapist who deals specifically with high achieving women with anxiety. 
I reached out in this group of 7,000 people and asked that because I wanted to find someone who I could talk to. This was like a year ago. All of this is to say I haven't done it yet. (laughs) But I reached out in a group of 7,000 people to say, hey, who do you all know who works specifically with high achieving women who struggle with anxiety? Because I was going through a phase last year where I was like, I really need to talk to a professional. So I'm like, I'm not going to do the research. I don't want to Google this. I want someone to just tell me who's here's the best person in Seattle. So now I actually have a list. I just haven't gone through and called yet because things do as I say, not as I do. I have a list and I will get back to that list at some point and I will go talk to someone when I need to. Right now I have some kind of other systems in place in terms of other people I'm leaning on and other colleagues who've been really supportive of me since I put up that post. So when I'm freaking out about something, I have some people to lean on and people to get advice from, but don't be afraid to reach out because people want to help. And when I put that post up, so many people were like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so happy to have this list too. So sometimes we get real sucked into like, we have to do this all on our own. We can't tell anyone. You can tell people, you can tell people. And if people don't protect your information or don't protect your heart, then they're not your people. And that's a good thing for you to learn right now. So don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and say like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this, which really circles us back to where we started. A big thanks to the mama who posted and said, Hey, I'd really love an episode on this issue because this is a struggle for me because that's how other people get help. So she posted in my Facebook group of 2,500 shameless moms and said, Hey, this is a big struggle for me. And a whole bunch of you said me too. And now we get to have this conversation. So I hope this was helpful. Go to the Facebook group and let me know what resonated with you today. Go over to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook, our private Facebook group, and let me know what are you going to integrate? What have you already tried? What's working well for you? And let's have a conversation around how we can be more functional and more optimally healthy in our mental health this winter by supporting each other, by talking things out, by letting each other know what's working, what's not working, and letting each other know how we can lean on each other and use each other as resources for tools and tips and tactics, but also as resources for connection and community because that's so, so important. So thank you for listening. So honored to have you here today. And I'm sending you all the love this winter. Before I let you go, stop, pause what you're doing and make sure you are registered for my free virtual workshop, the five mindset resets you need to shine like a mother. This is happening on November 16th. I want you to be there. I'm saving you a seat. So go to shamelessmom.com slash shine to get registered today. That's shamelessmom.com slash shine. And I will see you there. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media 
tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.